I always back myself and it's not easy. Um, I definitely think that I've felt a pressure here the last two weeks that I've honestly never, ever felt in my life the way it's been lingering on. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. All right, you're welcome along to Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. Johnny Sexton potentially facing a ban before the World Cup, maybe even into the World Cup. We don't know, but charges have been laid against Johnny Sexton after the Champions Cup final. Roy O'Connor is going to talk to us about that this evening. We'll have John Giles on Declan Rice's move to Arsenal, Mason Mount on his way to Manchester United. All that on the way after nine o'clock. But for the first couple of hours of the show, we're going to bring you uh, what was... uh, one of the best nights I've certainly had in Off the Ball. We were at the Round Room in the Mansion House last night, Will. How bad? Very fancy location. Kind of getting used to it now. Do quite a few shows there. We had Graham Souness there a couple of months ago. Last night was something a little bit different. A little bit different. So, yes, there was a, a tough day, I think it's fair to say, for the Irish squad. We had all 23 members of the Republic of Ireland squad in the Round Room at the Mansion House. The entire management team. This was a night of celebration for them, a night to let the hair down, to put the feet up, to just relax. A night of entertainment. They had to provide some of the entertainment and get up on stage and do some interviews. We had Connor Moore there, Connor Sketches. I believe he was Michael D. Higgins. He was Michael D. Higgins. He was Tommy Tiernan. He was Jurgen Klopp. He was Roy Keane. All the hits. Went down very well. Uh, We had Gavin James, who came on at the end. Uh, who had the players up on stage dancing had Vera pa- Vera was loving it I, I don't know if Vera was a Gavin James fan beforehand but she certainly was by the end of it had, she was giving it loads and Vera said to you at some point as well I think I saw a clip earlier that she had never heard the phrase crack until she'd arrived here before uh, well, uh, well she's or Dutch I'd say she's the heard crack. the phrase crack alright but uh, the crack you know, I don't know if sense. she's heard you know, probably not why would you like other people don't use, other people don't use that Richie why would she have heard that uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's nice to know that there's uh, several, you know, two alumni from uh, my secondary school on the show tonight. Uh, if indeed Gavin James does make the cut, uh, uh, no, he, I, I don't think. Does Gavin make the cut? No, we didn't no, pay enough. No, for that. All right. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It was very good. Uh, you you had only to be for there. me. Yeah, you can only afford me. That's 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 absolutely. There's no slush fund to to pay uh, stuff around here. I thought. Um, no, yeah, look, it looked like a look like a, a it looked like a really heartening night actually from the outside looking in, because uh, obviously I was tethered to the beast here. Um, given what was a fairly emotional morning for Vera Pau yesterday, and I think she had to break away from interviews because the toll of it was a lot to go over and over again. How she'd broken players' dreams. Um, it seemed like a real pickup in, in, in spirits last night and then into today with the presentation of the jerseys ahead of their trip down to Australia as well. The kind of realisation of what is on the horizon and not just what people have, are going to miss out on. Uh, those lucky enough to not be in the squad. Um, it's, it's, it's ramping up now and it's becoming a massive, massive thing. Yeah, it was just great crack. And the players mm. bought into it completely. We had Vera Pau and Katie McCabe up on stage first. Uh, then maybe the best part of the night, and I'd say for the players, the most enjoyable part, we had three legends up on stage. So Olivia O'Toole, 54 goals, record goal scorer, just the most passionate Irish supporter you would ever find. Heading down to Australia, off her own bat. She's out in Tala last Thursday night. Jersey on, absolutely loving it. Uh, we had Paula Gorm, who scored a hat-trick, 1973, the first ever women's international against Wales, scored a hat-trick that night. And Linda Gorman, who, as uh, she told us, set up two of the goals for Paula that night and went on to manage the team. That's a pretty much every role, and also a Hall of Famer already. Exactly. So, uh, And they've been there through the incredibly tough times. Um, 
and their stories and how well they got on um, it was for some of the younger players in the squad who maybe didn't know them you know Olivia played for so long that she'd actually played with the likes of Nifahi and Louise Quinn and quite a few of the players um, but to get their stories and realise what they've been through to get to this stage uh, was just brilliant and then we had Amber Barton her dad uh, Sean Paulup uh, who was uh, not the rapper not the rapper um, <laughs> and also heading to Australia he was just again as you can imagine just uh, so incredibly proud of what Amber has achieved we Chloe Mustaki and her partner Greg Sloggett up um, two footballers uh, trying to somehow find some time together at some stage and then we'd uh, Louise Quinn Neve Fahey and Denise O'Sullivan uh, you know Denise uh, wasn't happy we didn't have the pipe band that she's got used to now down Nakhnehini uh, I saw the video it was incredible Absolutely incredible. It was like before a county final or something, and she was the Pied Piper working her way through her local town, which is to everyone coming out to see her. We couldn't get rid of the players by the end of the night, to be quite honest with you. It was about (laughs) 20 past 11, and the crowd was a mix of, there was a huge amount of FAI staff there. There was a lot of people from Sky who put on the night, and a load of young girls from football clubs around Dublin who would come in for the evening. And, you know, this was sort of a night for the players to relax and, as I say, enjoy Conor Moore and Gavin James. And we weren't sure, you know, if they'd be doing autographs and photographs. Like, they're so good generally with their time after every game. I'd say they stuck around for an hour, signed every autograph, every photograph that was needed. Everybody went home happy. Probably a relief for them to get out for the night, I would think, too. Aside from the pressure of the squad being named and, you know, wanting to be in that 23, they've been in camp for a little while now. They had the friendly against Zambia last week. They're getting ready for this friendly against France as well. It's a long time probably cooped up as a group where you would actually like to get out and maybe release the steam for a night. Yeah, I think there weren't... Uh, I, I don't think there was a beer involved for anyone last night. They were on media duties today and I think there's training tomorrow and then they've got the weekend off so they can properly relax because uh, that'll probably be the final break, I'd imagine, uh, before they head down to Australia. Uh, James in Dublin. Uh, I've been busy at work all day so I've missed all the all the good stuff. Though I, that's all anyone's talking about so I'm getting the gist pretty quickly. Is there an OTB <laughs> barter fund? <laughs> <laughs> I, think you, I think you're probably the person to ask about that not more than I'm willing to uh, reveal but if you want to know the best restaurants in Athens I can certainly uh, put you in touch <laughs> with some people Listen, you've got to treat yourself well on, uh, on these trips don't you the Hurling Pod uh, the Hurling Pod boys when they've got their live show in the Borgosh Theatre in a couple of weeks I suspect they'll be dipping uh, into the fund they'll be dipping into the barter fund well <laughs> when I saw Jared Gilroy having to walk to the stadium in Istanbul <laughs> I get the feeling he doesn't have the, the slush fund to dip into to get As the as the RT cars. lads are going by in the limo there you go stretch limo probably wow mm. uh, this uh, this is the most long running scandal there's ever been in Ireland we're into what about day 8 <clears throat> day 9 Yeah, and it's just yeah. getting worse I, it, it like it, it just, they they keep finding new depths, which is really something. Like just even like I haven't listened to the whole. I haven't been you know I've been kind of busy. I haven't been listening to the whole public accounts committee stuff. I dipped in a little bit today, and it's just literally every five minutes you'll stumble into something where it's like, oh god, oh god, really? What? That's incredible. Um, just the money that was sloshing around being spent on trips to Champions League finals and the Rugby World Cup in twenty nineteen. Um, it's it's quite remarkable. <laughs> you don't know how a lot of these people are coming back from this. It's, Premium um, seats at the Aviva. You're just thinking, yeah. I, I know sometimes there has to be a bit of greasing of the wheels to make sure you get those commercial deals over the line, but I, I'm not sure you have to spend over 20 grand to bring people to a Champions League final or over 100 grand to bring people to the Rugby World Cup. I wonder what the return on investment is and what's come out of that barter account. Well... I'm sure that question will have to be answered over the coming weeks. So 26 grand. This was the 2019 Champions League final. The All-Premier League one. Yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool Spurs. Spurs Tottenham. Uh, already uh, some of the uh, RTE staff are having to come out and say that they were at the match 
but that they paid for their own ticket and their own flight to sort of distance themselves for this. Uh, the Rugby World Cup story had come out previously that they had flown a lot of clients over to Japan, uh, over to the Rugby World Cup, and said at the time it was cost neutral. It was cost neutral, which you would have sort of thought was, and maybe, again, it was a sort of contra deal with an airline or something that got you there and there was no actual spend. 111,000. It's a lot of advertising for the company, yeah. Hmm. If you are one of the carriers that brought the people, I'd say 100 and, it was 118 grand, I think, would probably buy a lot of airtime. Look, there's a lot of people in the private sector, in the media, who are going, why didn't I think of that? I didn't know you could do this sort of stuff. Mm. It's unbelievable. Yeah, a barter account is not something I was aware of until, uh, well, about three days ago. Yeah, not in broadcasting. I'd heard about it in, like, some companies would run them, but, yeah. What's the, um, you know, we do like to treat our guests very well when they come oh, to hugely. our live shows. You know, we yeah. you know, two bottles of water, for starters. Uh, but Whoa. for the, for the hurling, should, I'm just worried about Skehill and Murphy, particularly Skehill. <clears throat> like, do we have an idea of what his rider is going to involve? Um, right, so Skehel, for a start, has got massive hands. It's one of the first things you notice yeah. when you meet him. Probably, <laughs> probably how it worked as a goalkeeper. <laughs> what can we do to help him along then on the night? So, if you end up uh, with James Skehel staying in your hotel and there is a room... And his massive hands. Yeah, where there are beers and uh, bottles of water available, as there were when we were in Limerick, I think James Skehel was able to carry 10 or 11 bottles in his hands when he was walking past. Oh, wow, that's quite an achievement. It's a very, very efficient carrying system. Well, he also had an incredible ability. Is this video out there? Did this do do the rounds publicly, um, or was this something that, of him falling off the chair but oh. managing to keep hold of the pint? As he, as, yes, we do. We did tweet the this chair. Out. The chair. Did you not see this, Richie? This, this. Well, this was CCTV footage from whatever pub the lads went to after their one and only live show. Uh, it was Skell's massive hands obviously weighed so much when he had a pint in them. The seat literally collapsed under him, but somehow he managed to land on his ass and not drop a single <laughs> of, of a freshly pulled pint as well, Richie. sip of the pint. Which was the impressive part. The uh, chair buckled. Uh, we laughed, thought there's no way anyone got video of that or anything. Uh, Paul Murphy decided to go and talk to the bouncers, found out that Dolan's and Limerick had CCTV and they had perfect footage of James Scale landing on the ground. And they were more than happy for him to take a video of well, the CCTV. do you know what? You're going to have to um, go into our barter accounts to pay for uh, scale solicitors because that's a breach of GDPR, William. <laughs> as I think you're well aware. So, so eh. ma- massive hands, scale. Anything else you want to let us know about them? <laughs> I, I, I think we know the rest, then, don't we? Yeah, I'm not not sure that story's uh, for a 7 p.m. radio, Nathan. Um, but yeah, in fairness uh, to scale as well, he has now dragged the. Haters that gave him hassle last week, including a few rival podcasts who were, you know, saying, who cares what James Gale says? He had the last laugh last weekend when Galway got the better at Tipperary. And by his own admission, he was a Cheshire cat on the way out. What, what rival podcast? Uh, it was the Premier View Tipperary Oof. podcast, which uh, decided to have quite a pop at James Gale. Um, I've been told by a producer, it's not a rival, apparently. All hurling pods are a rival, Arthur. We have to put them all in the wow. ground. Wow. I, Skehill is one of those people that I like that you have to start every sentence with. In fairness to Skehill, in fairness, like, one of those type of characters where, like, not that bad. Like, it, it, it came across bad, but in fairness, it wasn't that bad. Well, look, I look forward to, uh, we have a kind of a semi-commitment that the wives of both James Gale and Paul Murphy will appear either at the live show or in one of our pods in the next okay. week. Why? Um, well, mainly because Paul Murphy's uh, good wife has become almost our official stati- statistician, um, where she does the fact-checking during the middle of the podcast while she's sitting off to the side. So, um, 
has become very useful <coughs> and Scale's uh, wife had already been seen on Gogglebox so far uh, she's heavily pregnant at the moment so I think James wants to wait until the next arrival in the house and then she's welcome on the pod after that <laughs> this is what I deal with every week <laughs> literally nothing about the Scales that I now don't know the hay is saved when's apparently. the baby due um, is it going to impact the recording of the pod just after the live show which is slight and I don't know about Patty Andrews and James O'Donoghue they just keep it all keep it all to themselves they're on holidays all the time that's the one thing I've learned from wow. from the football pod was that I'm pretty sure in the last, make a lot more money do they it seems so in the last few weeks all three of them have been on holidays and Tommy Rooney's been on holidays around two recordings this week as well well maybe now we're finding out about our barter account and who has access and who doesn't it's working its way through Portugal at the moment but yeah if you want to get a second football <laughs> pod I'll even give them a plug tonight God. Nathan there's a bonus pod gone up today previewing the Ireland quarterfinals Will your hurling pod is unrivaled says John on YouTube Uh, when's the live show on for anyone who wants to go along this is going to be the hurling night of the year it really will I actually reckon we'll probably put the best lineup that's done a live show this season for hurling I'm confident of that Joe Canning's already there so we've got one of the best hurlers of the modern era on stage good to have a great Galway hurler there what there you go 20th of July Borgosh Energy Theatre he's got bigger hands uh, I'd say probably Skell, but I think Canning maybe achieved more in his career, and I think even I think I think even Skell would admit that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And you know, four-time All-Star Paul Murphy Joe, there to keep an eye. Joe's there with all his All Stars, and uh, you know, Third of the year. Skell's like, look at me, giant hands, don't no, Joe. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> look, they're both on the same management team at the moment. This is, uh, this is the worst tangent that has ever come up on this show. Stop talking about Skell. Right, right, let's, let's try and it's let's him try doing and it, not me. Uh, any chance at all of an Ashes update, lads? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to open the tab. <laughs> I'm just going to stall uh, for some time here. Yeah, no, England uh, trailing by 138 runs after the second day's play. 278 for four. They ended day two with Harry Brook on 45, Ben Stokes on 17. Uh, they missed out on a century as well uh, earlier on today. Uh, but Duck out for 98. And Australia had uh, been bowled out earlier on today for 416. So England will resume 138 runs shy of the first innings total of the Aussies. The best thing, though, the best. I, I don't know if anybody's been aware of this yet. Uh, it's been on. It's on the other side of the world. But as regards England versus Australia, if anybody has the means to do this, seek out a documentary that Channel 9 did in Australia in the last 48 hours called The Longest Feud, which basically tells the tale of Ian Botham and former Aussie captain Ian Chappell and their 45 year long like hatred, which is simmering to this day. And they sit the two of them down opposite each other and let them go at it. And when I say they genuinely still hate each other, they genuinely still hate each other and let each other know about it. <laughs> and it's like the the last minute of the documentary, like it's pretty good doc. The last minute of it is some of the best TV you will ever see. Uh, so if you have the means of seeking these things out, the longest feud is what it's called. It's I hate utterly you bring these sublime. good things in there. Like if you have the means of sneaking things, <laughs> come on, Richard. Uh, would massive I, I, hands yeah. make much of a difference for a hurling Stop keeper? It. I'd say it probably would. I mean, it's why they use a hurl with a massive boss. I would imagine if you're trying to catch the ball. Having large hands would be quite helpful. Right, we're going to have to, have to. I don't know if Richie's going to be able for this. We're going to have to try and move on with this show and get into the news round. This is off the ball. For tonight, we're heading in sort of RTE directions here that there's going to be a long-running inquiry into what the hell happened. And uh, a lot of us are going to have a lot of explaining to do at the end of uh, this one. Uh, so Roy O'Connor's coming up after nine o'clock because there is some uh, news yeah. around Johnny Sexton. 
Yet he has been summoned, Sexton, not Rory, to appear before an independent disciplinary committee on July 13th. The Ireland captain is facing complaints of misconduct arising from his behaviour at last month's Heineken Champions Cup final. Leinster must also face the committee charged with failure to exercise reasonable control over Sexton. The process and its timing places into doubt Sexton's involvement at the Rugby World Cup. Uh fair to say this is dragging on and there seems to be an awful lot of confusion as to what exactly happened that this is needed uh, Rory's general feeling was the fact that they've gone this far would suggest that they feel they have enough and that he will face some sort of a ban unlikely to miss World Cup games but considering he hasn't played since the 18th of March and yeah. the win against England missing the warm-up games at his stage is still going to be a bit of a setback yeah I think if you're awaiting a suspension like this the worst thing that can possibly happen is the period of time between the infraction and the potential suspension so if this had been heard say a couple of weeks after the Champions Cup final and he got a time-based ban well then obviously he would have served quite a bit of it before the World Cup warm-ups even came around so Generally, they rule within a few days of a disciplinary hearing. So say if he was to pick up a suspension, you're talking about the second week of July. If he was to get a month, he would definitely at that point be going in and coming in with no rugby behind him for the best part of half a year before he played in the World Cup, which is far from ideal. And obviously would miss out on you know, the potential for a going away in an Ireland shirt at the Aviv as well. Good win for the under-20s, Richie. Certainly was, yeah. Ireland's under-20s got their semi-final hopes back on track at the World Under-20 Rugby Championship this morning. Dermot Mangan's injury time try secured a potentially vital bonus point in a 30 points to 10 win over Australia on a boggy track in Parle. The win moves Ireland's top of Pool B for the time being and Captain Gus McCarthy believes they played the conditions better than their opponents this morning. Yeah, it really feels like an Irish winter. Um, yeah, but, you know, these conditions probably suited us more than the Australians and Certainly a lot of aspects of the game we needed to fix up on. Um, our discipline maybe wasn't good enough in that first half and handling issues, but like I said at the start, we kept we fought and stayed in it. Like that's that really just highlights this squad, just never give up, as I said. I always like that line from yeah. Declan Lynch about the FAI being the dysfunctional sporting body that other dysfunctional sporting bodies called the Galacticos. That's not the FAI anymore. That's it's a nice cuddly FAI right now. Uh, but there's no shortage of people, no shortage of organisations, just queuing up to take that title, Richie. Uh, yeah, we should mention, by the way, that we mentioned for the time being as regards Ireland's status as uh, Pool B leaders, it looks like that's going to go to England. Uh, they have a bonus point in their back pocket into the second half of their match with Fiji, now leading by 41 points to seven. Uh, but as you mentioned there, the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board CEO says they've been hit by a bombshell. Dara O'Loughlin told the Public Accounts Committee today that an independent investigation has been ordered into a financial matter of grave concern at the IHRB. Their Chief Financial Officer, Donal O'Shea, has been placed on temporary Leave, voluntary leave, pardon me, uh, since yesterday with O'Loughlin unable to say if the matters are connected. O'Loughlin told the committee that the issue at hand occurred in early 2022. He was questioned about the CFO's absence by the chair of the Public Accounts Committee, Brian Hanley, TD. Our chief financial officer is currently on a period of voluntary leave without prejudice to his position. Since when? Since yesterday. Yesterday. And could I ask, and I know that you're going to be careful about giving details, but in relation to the, uh, the hitherto unknown issue that emerged to give rise to grave concern, I don't want you to go into detail, but just what, what area does it relate to? What matter? I don't wish to say anything that could in any way prejudice the review that is going to take place. Uh, don't go into the detail. The, the review will, will be into the the matter which is financial in nature 
uh, and in all of the circumstances around the, the specific issue and the events that, that led up to it, and they gave rise to those circumstances. And is Mr O'Shea's absence this morning relating to that? I really don't wish to say anything that could prejudice the outcome of any okay. review or investigation in the future. Okay. We are going to cover this in depth over the next couple of days. We just want to make sure we get the right voices and get a full uh, insight into what is going on. But this is going to be totally overshadowed today because of all the revelations of RTE. But some of the things that were spoken about this morning, Richie, from the IHRB, again, another public body, were absolutely outrageous. Yeah, the committee also heard that O'Loughlin's predecessor, Dennis Egan, er, retired early with a retirement package of €384,870. James O'Connor TD said that sum was 58% larger than should have been paid out, while Mr O'Loughlin told the committee that Mr Egan's contract either didn't exist or wasn't in their possession. Where's overall governance and oversight in all this? Uh, like, like, how can that happen? That you turn and go, actually, no, we don't have the contract. I, I think everybody has just been watching both the RTE scenario and then this this morning with their mouths wide open, going, like, "How can you run an organisation and not know whether the contract existed? Mm-hmm. Whether, much like Ryan Tuberty, as they're saying today, there is no contract from to be a TV presenter. We're not sure if there's a contract from to present his radio show. It might be an oral them, contract. Yeah. I." It, the numbers involved are just so staggering and the recklessness with public money that seems to go through all of these organisations is infuriating and feels like it's coming to a head. Maybe the IHRB get away with this and people forget about it again because RTE will be front and centre for so long. But there's a real focus, Richie, obviously, on the IHRB. We're talking about the betting tax quite a lot recently, the amount of funding that they're receiving. And yeah. maybe today, maybe today is the moment that there is a sea change in opinion as to how much funding they should actually receive. Yeah, I, I think it'll be hamstrung a little bit as well by the, as we mentioned, the investigation is going to be launched into this and Dara O'Loughlin, the CEO, said today that that will take a, a matter of months to clean up because just judging by his opening statements and then by the answers that he gave to some of the questions from the members of the committee, there's so many different knots to untangle here. Um, the previous CEO's uh, severance package, early retirement package, uh, just being one of them, and the level of um, public money that's involved in all of that. Um, it, 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 it beggars belief. Like It's staggering um, to see the, that level of of uh, questions being raised about how these places are being run, which should be, uh, given their standing, you know, above reproach and all this kind of stuff, they should be, you know, pretty cut and dried. And that there's so many levels and so many questions that you, you will need answering as a result of this. And I'm not sure that the investigation will probably be able to answer mm. uh, well, all well, of them to the public satisfaction. It's just staggering that they can come up in front of the Public Accounts Committee and say that yesterday their chief financial officer was put on voluntary leave. Mm. I, I think you can join the dots. Um, oh, you can absolutely like, join the dots. Yeah, but you, I, you, can, you can join the dots. And, and, and then, given the fact that the minister has been informed, the investigation is effectively underway, there's only so much publicly they can say as relates to, you know, joining those dots uh, or not. It, it's just, it's a, it's a mess. And that's the thing. This will be overshadowed by the RTE situation, but I don't think it, it, it should be of any less interest to the public, but given the amount of public money that's going into it. Uh, John Giles coming your way after nine o'clock. Uh, a couple of transfer stories, Richie, to run through. 
Yeah, Manchester United have agreed a £60 million deal with Chelsea for midfielder Mason Mount. £55 million of that will be paid up front, a further £5 million then in potential add-ons. Personal terms have already been agreed and the 24-year-old will sign a five-year deal at Old Trafford. Mount, though, is believed to be on holiday at the moment, so his medical is going to have to wait. Really good on Frasson Villa today. They look set to pay €40 million Euro, uh, to Villarreal for defender Pau Torres. The Spain international has a five-year contract waiting for him at Villa Park. And, of course, Arsenal last night completing the signing of Kai Havertz from Chelsea while Tottenham completed the £40 million capture of James Madison from Leicester City What hurler has the biggest hands Will? There's a question for next week's hurling pod I'm sure we can answer it in the pod Has this come in from a listener? Is I'm this just wondering myself I'm just, I want to know what advantage it is to Skehel on the hurling field to have such giant hands Fine. We'll ask him next week Okay, That and who has the biggest hands these are the answers that we now want tell Richie that Nathan Lyon Aussie spinner limped off injured huge loss could be winning or losing of the test he actually has it there yeah. ready to go we just didn't get to it I did yeah, yeah. He, has a, he has a calf injury and Steve Smith there after match or after today's play yes, I, uh, doesn't know the extent of it just yet so he's probably not going to play again for the rest of the test and they're keeping their fingers crossed although I doubt they're exactly hopeful that he's going to be featuring in the third alright good stuff as always Richie nice lads would you bring Tuberty in to host some evening lads because of your behaviour tonight Will I suspect we the odds be, have shortened dramatically on we could be both happening. operating without a contract soon yeah, well can't find it is it written down anywhere god knows at this stage alright good stuff Will